0: Opinions voiced in this program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to investing. Securities are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Good morning and welcome to Beyond the Business on News Radio 943 WSC. Each Saturday morning at 9 o'clock, successful business leaders and entrepreneurs. From across the low country, talk about what it takes to succeed in business and in life. Now your hosts of Beyond the Business, Eric Cox and Leslie Haywood. And great
1: Saturday morning, Low Country. Welcome to another edition of Beyond the Business, heard exclusively here on 943 WSC every Saturday morning from 9 to 9.30, as well as on iHeartRadio, where you might even be listening to us via podcasts on our website at coastalwm.com. I'm one of your hosts, Eric Cox, here this morning with the whole crew.
2: Yes, we got everybody. Good to see you again. I good know to have I've you been back. missing in action. Yeah, for a while. Liz. I mean
1: you go away for a while and then you just pop up all of a sudden. I don't <laughs> I know, know what that's about. I'm so but random. I need your life.
2: Uh, yeah. My <laughs> Absolutely. Life, life. is good. Life is good. And thank you, Low Country, for sharing your Saturday morning with us. And uh, make sure and continue the fun beyond Saturday mornings and follow us on our Facebook page, Beyond the Business, or talk to us at Twitter at BTBCHS.
1: And we also have Byron here this morning again. Byron, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing fantastic. Not quite as good as Leslie, um, but doing pretty good. Well, while uh, Leslie was off having fun, Byron, you and I were sitting here doing the hard work, right, running the show. Trying to, yeah. We had a pretty good guest, great guest uh, last week and the week before. Hopefully, you all had the chance to catch Mr. Carl Yost, who's the chairman and CEO of Green Shoot Capital. Uh, what a great story again of, of somebody who was in big corporate America, left to start his own business. Uh, but really with a different angle. What, uh, what was the takeaway for you, Byron? Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to uh, go ahead and use a quote talking about persistency and not giving up. Uh, I think that's a, a huge trait when it comes to entrepreneurship because we're all going to hit roadblocks. And he said, nothing is ever as bad as it initially seems. Just keep going. He also said it's always never as good as it seems, if you remember the second yeah. half of that. So got to look at through both sides of that lens, right? Yep. Um, Carl really did a great job. If you didn't get to hear his show, again, go to our website at coastalwm.com. Uh, simply click on the radio icon, and not only is Carl's show, uh, shows are there, but all of our shows from the last five years. So uh, if you want to binge on a little entrepreneurial leadership this morning on a Saturday morning, great place to start right there. Absolutely. So we're going to turn our attention. Here we are, gosh, into April, getting ready to hit May. We got uh, uh, a lot going on around here in the Low Country, and uh, man, the Derby's coming up uh, next Saturday, right? So a lot going on. This is an exciting time. It's an exciting time of year, no doubt about it. Well, we're going to turn attention to today's show, and uh, first of all, I'd like to introduce our guest, Mr. Murray Michaels. Murray is the operating partner at RNS Communications and Growth Spark Media. So first of all, Murray. Welcome to the studio, and thanks for uh, spending your time here with us this morning.
0: Thank you for the privilege to be here, and thank you, Clayton, for introducing me, and allow me to please uh, say to everyone out there, belated Happy Easter and Happy Passover to you and your family.
1: Absolutely. We've got a lot going on with uh, your show today. I know you've got a great story to tell, so we're not going to delay. We're going to jump right in and uh, take us... Take us there, Leslie, if you don't mind.
2: Sure, sure, sure. I know, I can't wait to hear all about it. But first of all, this uh, our tagline is people you know, stories you don't. And a lot of that goes back to uh, entrepreneurs in their early childhood. So tell us a little bit about where you were born and where you grew up.
0: Well, let me open by saying that my career is tied to my spiritual faith. And my life is whole. So everything I'm talking about here is all interconnected. So I was extremely blessed to be born here in the United States. I was blessed to be born uh, in New York City, the number one city for opportunity. I was blessed to be born to uh, parents who instilled great values in me about honesty and integrity and about family life. Um, I was blessed to have a, a, a wonderful brother and a sister who were very supportive of me. And uh, I was also blessed to marry my high school sweetheart whom I'm married with for 47 years. So all of those elements kind of led me to the right path because it was very easy to go on the wrong path living in New York City, growing up in the schoolyards. Um, so eventually I found my way to... Uh, city of college bernard baruch um, and
1: uh and we're going to stop before we get too far down that path because you just skipped a whole lot of information right, you want to go back about. to the school Absolutely. Of the arts. So, <laughs> oh yeah Let, let's talk a minute about being a youngster what was life like in your household give us a little feel and flavor for what was going on what were your parents doing all that good stuff
0: dad was a blue collar worker and um Worked extremely long hours, getting up at 4 in the morning, coming home at uh, 7 at night, pretty much uh, hunkering down on the couch after he arrived. He was, he was totally exhausted. Uh, in those days, there was only one car, so Mom wasn't a working mom. Um, and uh, growing up, um, initially, we were very poor. We, we uh, lived on the um, west side of Manhattan up in Upper Harlem, and uh, we lived in a basement, and we had rats and bugs crawling all over my bed and my crib. Uh, fortunately, my, uh, my dad's partner uh, offered him an opportunity to join him in his factory. They made the polyester clothing, the polyester that went inside ski jackets, but he's still working very long hours, and we had the opportunity then to move out to Queens, New York, uh, you may remember Queens from coming uh, coming to America oh, yeah. from, uh, yes. uh, and uh, living there. Um, it was different. Uh, lots of gangs, and you had to be careful on which street you walked. Yeah, you couldn't go up to the schoolyard without uh, having support around you. And everyone would go up there to play basketball and stickball. It wasn't like you see today where um, you had organized soccer, some organized baseball, but certainly no organized basketball. Uh, so you had to be extremely careful. And uh, growing up in that environment, it was very easy to go off in the wrong direction. And I was extremely tempted many times, more so just to protect myself, to put myself with the right people, Uh, which made it challenging even in high school. Uh, I did make the football team, nothing to really talk about. (laughs) I I don't think I started any game, but uh, at least uh, I I had the joy of being surrounded by more strong people, which is what I needed uh, growing up in New York. That was the era when uh, West Side Story emerged, and all of a sudden gangs were everywhere, you know, the, the Jets and the Sharks and all that sort of situation. Um, and then one thing led to another where somehow I graduated high school, and I think that was because of not only the Lord bringing my wife uh, into my life, but I I began to realize that I had to get out of this environment. Uh, Many of my friends uh, didn't make it. Uh, Drugs were prevalent at that time, and uh, they got hooked, and and that was the end of their lives. And uh, once again, that was very common growing up on the streets of New York. Um, but I was fortunate. Went to college. Uh, I commuted to college. Didn't, uh, wasn't fortunate enough to be able to go and, you know, go, go to an out-of-town school and experience the full life. But that gave me more opportunity to be with my sweetheart. So I was home every night to be with Denise and, um she kept me on a straight path
2: now at this point in high school you knew you knew well enough to stay away from the bad element but did you have a vision on what you thought you wanted to do after uh, you wanted to go to college so what were your what were your thoughts
0: i had no idea <laughs> To be honest. Right. i just my mother preached about getting an education and so i followed that path And the only reason, once again, Lord's Intervention, that I found myself going into marketing, which is where I majored, uh, was at the time that we were signing up for classes, I recognized two other people that I went to high school with. And I walked over to Tony, and I can't remember the other person's name right now, and I said, uh, what are you folks doing? And they started talking about marketing. I didn't even know what marketing was, but uh, at least I had some direction and guidance. So I started to attend those courses, um, majored uh, in statistics eventually, uh, and minored in marketing. Um, Not that it was great in math, but it just seemed to be adaptable for me. Uh, And that kind of led me eventually to my first job.
1: Well, those two kind of go hand in hand, especially in today's world, marketing and statistics, because marketing is almost based entirely on statistics these days. Um, so looking back at your childhood and your past, are there any big takeaways or anything that you experienced that you apply to your professional career today?
0: I didn't realize it till I started working at the AC Nails Company, which was my first job. And that is um, being I... Always had to think fast on my feet and be able to think how to get out of tough situations. I became a very strong problem solver. Wh- wherever I went in, in, in whatever company that I worked for, and eventually as an entrepreneur, uh, that was one takeaway. Uh, later on, um, <laughs> this is cute. Uh, I I developed the skill for building infrastructure. I'm really not the the face of a company, but I'm the person who builds a company. And part of that, I, as I look back, I used to be pretty good at setting up the trains, the electric trains and the cars and you know things like that, and just staying organized. And once again, I, you don't realize these things in life until all the pieces start coming together.
1: No doubt about it. And by the way, in case you're wondering whose voice that is, it's that of Mr. Murray Michaels, who's the operating partner at RNS Communications and Growth Spark Media. Um, and before we get too far down the road, um, we're talking about your upbringing and your history. Give our um, listeners a little bit of insight to the two companies that you now run, because it'll tie back to sort of what you're you're talking about. What actually uh, do you do with RNS and uh, Growth Spark?
0: Okay, so um, taking a step back understanding every business that i've ever been involved with it is always towards seeing the future so that's a critical statement here um and if you're able to see the future you're out in front of the competition and by being out in front of the competition you're able to create a high barrier to entry if you set your infrastructure up correctly so that was very important here um as business began to unfold and the internet began to come into play, uh, which is very common today, we recognized a marketing concept business funnel. And that business funnel was about creating awareness, recognizing that people need to be aware of your company. And now that filtered down into search, because in today's times... Uh, People don't use the phone that much or necessarily stop in. The first thing they do is go and look at your uh, look at you online or mobile. And then the sale can take place. And then the last part of that is building loyalty. So if you can visualize that funnel, this is what brought me into the, this business of r and Communications and Growth Spark Media. So it started with recognizing, once again, vision – that as the media world became more segmented, it became uh, apparent that people were spending more time out of their homes. And therefore, uh, we weren't into the billboard world, but we recognized place-based networks were going to be a big force in creating awareness and in branding. Uh, We looked at this program very carefully and place-based networks, just to give you an example, when you walk into a gym and you see a screen and advertising on it, that's a place-based network. When you go into a doctor's office, that's a place-based network. Wherever you see a TV screen kind of in an enclosed environment, that would be considered a place-based network. Our business model was kind of different. We recognize that for a place-based network to have a high profit margin, you needed to have a uh, single decision maker where you can get into many locations all at one time. Second, knowing that it's all about uh, eyeballs and how many people are viewing your screens, you needed to have uh, strong foot traffic. And then the last part would be your frequency. How frequently are people watching? Now, so we look towards working inside government offices. And we stay in um, primarily Department of Motor Vehicles. If you went into South Carolina's DMV here, you would see one of our network installed in there.
1: Good thing, because we've got a lot of time when we're sitting around in there, right? Exactly <laughs> right, and
0: we love when the time is long. <laughs> uh, so my role in all of this was to help bring that vision into reality. I have wonderful partners Uh, the principal partner I actually worked with at ABC. And after I sold my television stations, and I'll come back to that, that's how I got involved in RNS Communications. And those initials are actually named after Richard Savage. Uh, So my role was to help build this infrastructure, raise some capital, um, and I handle all of the legal matters when they come up, which are frequent, and also uh, coordinate all of the financial planning.
2: So, like, yeah, let's go back to that first job, and um, and ha- so we can see how your, I guess, life evolved to where it is now. So, what did you do after graduation?
0: Only through the grace of God, uh, I didn't have an interview. I came from a blue collar family. Uh, I found myself uh, pitching a position at the AC Nielsen company, and although this woman Patty says she had nothing to do with it. I met Patty at a wedding, and she happened to be sitting next to me, and uh, my wife was there. Actually, we weren't married at that time, but uh, we really hit it off, and we partied hard on that, at that wedding. And lo and behold, when I go into the interview at the A.C. Nielsen Company, she's working for the senior vice president wow. who is going to do the interview. And as you know, when people hire uh make the decision to hire someone they're always looking for a little bit of an endorsement from somebody because they don't know you from adam so i have to believe that mr hamill spoke to patty and said you know patty of all the people who came through here who do you think would be a good fit and i i know i didn't interview very well i didn't know how to do it and i believe <laughs> that it was patty a long that's, that's exactly right so I was fortunate enough to fell in, fall into the uh, TV ratings area of the AC Nielsen Company. And once again, because uh, I always seemed to look to capitalize on opportunity and be able to think fast on my feet, it became apparent to me at the AC Nielsen Company that there was a lot more data beside what they were publishing for the broadcasters and the advertising agencies to make decisions on. Uh, and so it was called Working Beyond the Rating Books. Uh, I went down to their production department and started looking at the diaries that they collect all this information on. And there was a wealth of demographic information there. Um, so I started to put together these concepts of how to help television station owners. And one of the first people I worked with was Ted Turner. At that time, uh, the cable system, uh, the cable industry was not, blossoming so it was just his small tbs station and during those times independent television stations as you recall lots of children's programming lots of reruns and movies and so they pretty much got the leftovers of what was falling out from the advertising agencies uh from the major networks or in our our case the local television stations um so Ted came to me and said, what can you do to help me compete against the networks? And uh, I I explained to him the data that existed beyond the rating book. So Ted may have only had um, a 2 rating throughout his daytime, while a television network had a 20 rating. I was able to be able to go in and track the audiences and queue up that 2 rating to a 20 rating at a much more reasonable price than what you'd be paying for a local affiliated program. And uh that started everyone taking a close look at me because that blossomed into a whole business for the AC Nielsen. The fact company. that you call him Ted is just <laughs> amazing. I love it. <laughs> that
2: too have helped.
1: This shows that that statistic background really came in handy. I have to I have to ask, how did you how did you make it go from a two to a twenty? What were the mechanics behind that?
0: Um You're able to look at the individual viewing patterns. So by breaking the data down on a demographic basis, I could tell when you would be watching a program in the morning and Eric is watching a program at night, and I would cluster you, or Nielsen would cluster you through this analysis so that I was able to pull the same amount of different people and if they, an agency wanted more frequency, I could do that as well and building up the gross rating points. Um, and that's really what it got, where it got started. You couldn't get that data out of a rating book. It had to be done through special analysis. And the agencies accepted it because the information was coming from the AC Nielsen company.
1: And so, Murray, you spent um, quite a, a large time of your journey uh, in the TV world, television uh, stations, you were general manager or um, general partner, I'm sorry, of um, FCVS Communications, executive director for ABC Television Network and manager of AC Nielsen. I mean, you spent how many years doing that in and all?
0: Um, good question. Probably about 15 years between the Nielsen company and jumping around into different areas of the ABC-owned stations and the network. So during this
1: run, you're all... You're increasing uh, exposure and, and you're helping all these stations out. At what point along that journey did this seed of entrepreneurship start to blossom inside of you?
0: I think the first job that I, <laughs> I, I ever had, I, I was never comfortable taking orders from anyone. And I guess that goes back to my roots of growing up on the streets in New York. But the real opportunity came for uh, uh, for myself and my uh, my partners was when, Cap Cities bought out ABC. We knew at that time that, um, all the Cap City people who were coming in, it was the minnow that swallowed the whale. And, uh, we saw an opportunity with Fox coming along to go out and buy our own television stations. I was part of strategic planning for ABC. So they had asked me to do an analysis about the likelihood of the success of Rupert Murdoch. And, uh, Our group came back, and they didn't want to hear it, but we said there were enough television stations out there that were independents, plus Rupert owned a bunch of uh, television stations in the major markets. If he had the deep pockets to carry this for a good number of years, he could be successful. So ABC uh, at that point shrugged their shoulders as well as CBS and NBC. We saw it as an opportunity to go out and buy some Fox, uh, independence and convert them to Fox affiliates.
1: And so what was that moment like when you decided to separate from working for, you know, uh, a group to, we're going to go do this on our own. Was that uh, a tough time to, to navigate? Were you worried about it or you just had the confidence because y'all had done the research and knew it was going to be successful?
0: The biggest challenge was moving the family. I always had the confidence in myself that I could do anything that I put my mind to it, but to take my family who was deep rooted Italians And move them out of New York. That was a challenge. Now, I had an arrangement with my family, uh, my wife, that she had say as to where we were going to move.
2: And And why did you have to move?
0: Because uh, I couldn't afford a television station in New York City. New York City, City. okay. (laughs) And I was an operating partner. Mm -hmm. I had to. I had to move to wherever the opportunity was going to come about. And so the first opportunity was actually in Salisbury, Maryland. And these opportunities don't come along very easily. And I took my wife down, wasn't careful. It wasn't a place that she was going to live. No malls. It was, <laughs> <laughs> I think.
1: Just wasn't going to work. Frank mm-hmm. Purdue had the largest mm-hmm.
0: house, and that wasn't saying very much at that time. And this, uh, then the second opportunity came down to Columbia, South Carolina. But I'm a marketing guy, and this time I did it right. I set it up where I had a limo pick her up, take her to the, f- past nah. the, t- pass the two there malls in Columbia, took her to one of the better restaurants. At that point, it was California Dreaming, So, uh, she had a whole different taste, but it still took her, after we bought the station, more than a year to move, to move.
1: <laughs> and what eventually brought you here to Charleston?
0: Blessings. Um, my wife and I, uh, always wanted to live it by the beach. When we sold off the television stations back in 96, 97, uh, we had that opportunity. So that's what brought us down uh, to Charleston.
1: And so um, we're almost out of time, unfortunately. But when we come back next week, I know we're going to talk a little bit about sort of how RNS and GrowthSpark Spark. Came about, uh, and really your your full exit from uh, the television world. But also, we're going to have a special guest, I think, with us next week, who is here from um, Camp Rise, and that's a, an area that you um, have great passion for and enjoy different areas of philanthropy, but particularly camp rise. So we're looking forward to having that opportunity next week as well. Thank you.
2: And make sure and follow us on our Facebook page, Beyond the Business and at Twitter, BTBCHS.
1: And again, you've been listening to Murray Michaels, who's an operating partner at RNS and Gross Spartan Media here in Charleston. Join us next Saturday morning, Low Country at nine o'clock here on 943 WSC for another edition of Beyond the Business. And until next Saturday morning, Have a blessed week. Thank you for listening to Beyond the
0: Business on News Radio 943 WSC. Tune in next Saturday morning at 9 o'clock for Beyond the Business, hosted by Eric Cox and Leslie Haywood and heard exclusively on News Radio 943 WSC.